Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back again with the Arsenal Agenda Show. And I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie for this one. Charlie, when was the last time you caught up? Uh, it's been a long time, no? Yeah, it has. I, mean, I literally, when I was on the show with TC the other day, it was like, oh, it's been such a long time because of obviously I've, I've had to be on a lot. I've taken some holiday, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I've, I said then it's good to be back and it's good to be back with you. Yeah, it's, it has been a while. So, yeah, how are you doing? So what you're trying to tell me essentially is that you've missed me. More than I, have missed you. I have missed you. Well, you I go. have missed you. Like, there yeah. you go. Look, it's, you, you, everyone, you've heard it live on the Arsenal way. Charlie's missed me. But now it's, it's good to have you back on the show, mate. Um, I'm glad that you've had a good break. Um, but yeah, I'm not too bad myself. Looking forward to, to the game tomorrow. Um, it comes thick and fast, especially when you play on a Monday night. Yeah, It's a quick turnaround and then you're back playing on Saturday. So we love that um but there's a lot to discuss this morning a lot of transfer news uh which broke last night not in terms of incomings but outgoings we'll start first with um kieran tierney um he's set to join real sociedad on loan it's quite a surprise to many because um you would have hoped that arsenal potentially would have got a fee from one of the premier league clubs but i think when newcastle were interested in tierney I think now that they've signed Lewis Hall, that interest was dead in the water. Aston Villa, there was a rumoured interest there, but it seems that deal never materialised in terms of what we had hoped. And now it seems that he's off to Spain. He's off to a very good club that will be competing in the Champions League this season. Um, and Kieran Tierney, he wants to play first-team football again. I think he's going to go to a new country, new culture, new surroundings in a very good division. La Liga, top division, and he's going to play. But what's your take on under the overall? Do you think it's good for Arsenal? Do you think it's good for Tierney? Because, look, if he has a good loan spell over in Spain, he'll come back to Arsenal in the summer and we can probably generate a good fee for him, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, the kind of money that we were going to be generating from him anyway, if we were to sell him to the likes of Newcastle or Aston Villa, as you just mentioned, would have been, well, we were hoping around the 35 kind of, pound valuation but yeah. with obviously you say Lewis Hall he's now gone to Newcastle so it kind of obviously gets rid of that rumour and then now that he's going there the fact that he's on loan as well hopefully he can get that kind of like first team football he can get that kind of rhythm going that he did have uh, earlier on under under uh, Arteta under Emery etc so I'm glad actually with I'm glad for him that he's able to get some first team football and as yeah as we were just saying it, when he comes back from that loan hopefully that first team football will help kind of bring that valuation up for Tierney or at least hold the valuation that he has now because obviously with I know I know that Timbers out but with Tomiyasu playing despite the fact that he obviously got a red card um, and Zinchenko, you don't really see Tierney really fitting into the structure that Arsenal have at the moment. So if he's just to not play essentially the whole season almost, hmm. that will obviously bring his valuation down. So even if even if we're wanting to hold his valuation at least, the what, what he's got at the moment, the £35 million, I think alone is actually still quite good because... Obviously, it can hold the valuation or even make it better, d depending on how he plays. But yeah, I, 
I'm glad for him because, as I just mentioned, it doesn't really seem like he's fitting into the structure or the system that Arteta's kind of working around now and how he's developing this Arsenal side. It does seem more like a centre-back slash left-back kind of player that's playing on that left-hand side or someone that can bring come into the midfield, like Zinchenko who can come into the midfield, Tomiyasu who can play centre-back and full-back, and the same as Yuri and Timber. Tierney's not one of those players. He's one of those players that kind of bombs down the wing, gets a cross in. Don't get me wrong. I think sometimes Arsenal can need that. I think so, I think it can be good sometimes. But that's more towards the end of a game where you're kind of going last resort. You're kind of going. You're you want to completely go out all out all out attack because you're one down or or you need that goal, etc., etc. And we're not kind of looking for that, I'm guessing, throughout the majority of the game. So, yeah, if he's one in first-team football, he has to go somewhere else. And I think a loan spell, actually, it isn't bad. And you never know, they might they might want to buy him at the end of it. We never know. That's what we'll have to see at the end of this season. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, like according to reports, uh, in terms of this deal, um, the deal does not include an option to buy, uh, but involves uh, Real Sociedad covering uh, Tierney's full wages oh, right. and paying a loan fee to Arsenal. So I'm not sure how much the loan fee is, but we will be recouping a bit of money in terms of this deal. But no, look, I agree with you. I think it's a good move for Kieran Tierney. I think it's, it's been like he's been, I'm not going to say depressed, but he's it's affected him mentally, the mm. fact that he's not played. And he's a player that wants to play week in, week out. He's got that mentality. He's never been talking bad about the club in the media. He doesn't come out and do interviews. He's kept he's, he's kept his feet on the ground. Um, I think he's been respectful to the club. Whenever he's been given an opportunity, he's given it his all. And I like that um, in terms of Quirantini. He's got that mentality. Um, he keeps himself to himself. And he, he does his talking on the pitch. And I think what we all want to see Quirantini do is go out and play football and go out and get that love for the game back. Because over the past year or so, he's not had that. And I think, look... He wasn't going to go to any other Premier League club. I think what I heard personally is that Arsenal were trying to put feelers out to a whole host of Premier League clubs, potentially Newcastle, Aston Villa, etc., to see if they were interested in Kieran Tierney. But nothing ever materialised. Because I think in Arsenal's mind, Edu's mind, they would have preferred Tierney to go permanent elsewhere to get a bit of money in, like you just touched on £35 million or however much it is, and at least recoup um, a large amount of money. But it seems that's not really worked. That's not really worked. And look, this is the last resort. It's still a good move. He's going to be playing with with some talented players over in Sociedad. Zubamendi plays with them, Moreno, um, Kubu. So it's a good team. And again, they will be playing Champions League football. They will be playing in a very good division, La Liga. And um, you wish him the well, wish him the best uh, in terms of that. Um, moving on to the next outgoing, uh, Florent Balogun. Again, it seems that this deal is edging closer. Monaco are set to sign Balogun. Um, it seems that a five-year deal is close to being agreed with Arsenal. Um heard that the, the talks around 40 million euros or something with potential add-ons Arsenal are looking for 15 percent in terms of if Monaco decide to sell uh Balogun in the future so they want to recoup a bit of money in terms of that but look I think this is a good move 
of Flo. I think when I heard Chelsea being interested, when I heard Tottenham being interested, I was like, can Arsenal really afford to take that risk and allow him to depart to one of the major rivals? Because look, if he does prove to be a success at one of those clubs like Chelsea or Tottenham, we could be basically... Um, like uh, our decision could basically be like ridiculed yeah. in a, the fact that we've sold him to one of those clubs. But I think he knows Liga very well over his loan spell last season. He's a talented player. And again, he wants to play first team football and you can't really like, you have to applaud that in a way. Yeah. He's hungry. He's hungry to succeed. He doesn't want to be a backup option to Gabriel Jesus or Eddie and Katia. He wants to go out and play first team football. And look, this is a good move, isn't it? We're going to get, Good fee for Bellingham. He's going to go over abroad to France. We don't have to deal with him in England. It's a win-win situation, isn't it, Charlie? Yeah, exactly. I think, if I remember correctly, the full package is £40 million. Uh, and Arsenal were trying to hold out for €15 million. Euros, and that kind of works out to be £42 million. So, really, Arsenal's done quite well with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we've got that amount of money. We're holding out for that. Uh, Monaco, I think had one or two bids rejected from Arsenal. We wanted to hold strong in it and we they've come very close to that valuation that we wanted. And I'm very happy that we have. I think it's going to be a record fee for Arsenal uh, in terms of outgoings. And I'm I'm very happy that we that we've managed to get a very good fee for him and the the loan that he had last season at Rems in Ligue 1, that is what has kind of made his valuation what it is and I mean, I'm just going to quickly go back to Tierney, but that is what can happen in terms of loan spells. That is what can happen to your valuation and then you can eventually move on, etc. And yeah, as you mentioned, he knows Ligon. As I just mentioned, he was just on loan at Rems. I think, it, I can't remember how many goals it was. I think it was 21 goals in the season and he was competing with the likes of Mbappe, Lacazette, etc. Uh, Jonathan David. He was up there with the best in, in the league and you can't, out the fact that he would want to go back to to Ligue 1 and I do hope that he does do really well there because he hasn't obviously had his shot at Arsenal he's proven himself in that league and he's going back to that league at really a, a better side so I'm glad for him into it in that kind of respect and with this money that we're going to bring in from him, I think Arteta's still looking for players to bring in, in in this final week of the transfer window. I think he's still wanting to bring in another defender. Obviously, uh, I think you and TC spoke about Mark Gahey yesterday. So that kind of money can then be kind of regenerated into someone else. We can kind of look elsewhere, bring someone in for that amount of money because it's a decent amount of money. So we'll, we can get we can actually bring in a, a good quality player uh, in the coming days, if we if that's what we wanted to do in January, we'll obviously see what happens. That remains to be seen, and I think yeah, it, yeah. As I said, it's it's a it's a very good amount of money that we're getting for him, and yeah, all the all the best really. I th- I do hope that this gets over the line, and with with you mentioning the fifteen percent uh, buy on uh, whatever it is buy on clause, sell on clause, that's it. Um, that's not that's not bad either. So we can we can get even more money out of him. And if he does do what he did at Rems, just at Monaco, his valuation is going to go up. Other other teams are going to mm-hmm. come looking, and that could actually be a, a a very good piece of business from Arsenal, from Edu and Arteta. I think that's fantastic for uh, for us in terms of a club. But yeah, I agree with you. He did he he didn't want to be a backup to Gabriel Jesus and Nketiah. He was our third kind of choice striker, which. 
someone that wants to be playing first team football that it you're not really going to get a chance are you so mm. yeah I, I'm happy for him really to move on yeah no I agree I think you make a good point I think it's no disrespect to Monica but I think this move for Balogun is like a building block for him to get a better move in a couple of years' time, I can see it already. I think he's got that personality, he's got that hunger in him that he wants to be a success at the highest level. And I think, say, for example, he has a good couple of years at Monaco. There are going to be bigger teams in and around Europe that are going to be eyeing him. Look, he's got a um, World Cup on the horizon in 2026 in his home nation. He's going to be the US uh, national team's number nine uh, at the World Cup um, if he doesn't like suffer any unfortunate injuries, etc., which we hope he doesn't. But look, the future is bright for Balogun. And the hunger was always there in terms of him going out and proving himself. He proved it last season. He wanted to come back to Arsenal and say, prove it at this club. But it doesn't work like that. I think with Arteta, we still got Gabriel Jesus, Eddie and Ketia. And I think Arsenal have done well. You have to applaud Arsenal because finally a player has gone out on loan. He's proved himself as a success. And we've he's come back and we've generated good fee, a good fee for yeah. him. And I think that's a good business model in terms of uh, not every player is going to be a success at this football club. But what you can do, you can give them the platform to go elsewhere, succeed, have a good loan spell. And if they do come back, generate good, a good fee for him. And that's what we've done in terms of Balogun. Uh, there's a comment here in the uh, YouTube comments by Damien Kelly. Arsenal Monaco will be in the same Champions League group. I can feel it. Monaco are not in the Champions League this season. Um, Damien, I think uh, PSG and Lens qualified automatically into the group stages. I think Marseille were the third representative of of the um, France teams to qualify in the Champions League, but they got eliminated in the under qualifiers. I think last week they lost to Panathinaikos mm-hmm. on penalties. Uh, so yeah, Lens will be in the Champions League alongside Paris Saint Germain. Uh, Monaco won't be participating in the Champions League this season. So look, we don't have to face flow. We don't have to face flow. And Marcus in the comments says, Bayern will be in our group, ready for the usual game penalty. And the draw does take place next Thursday, um, 31st of August. I can't wait. <laughs> You're going to be watching it? Yeah, definitely. It's been Who's... such a long time. It's been such a long time. So I'm so excited just to even have a feel of Arsenal back in the Champions League. I, I need to watch that. Do you agree with Marcus? You think Bayern will be in our group? You know what? I think I think you might have a point. I've got a few sneaks. It's just it's it's kind of destiny, really, isn't it? With the fact that how how bad we were against Bayern previously, but I, we'll we'll definitely we'll at least give them a really really good go this season if we are in the same group. If we come up against them in the knockout stages, I wouldn't be surprised even if we beat them. You never mm. know. We can, I, we can do Arte- it. Arteta's got a great record against Thomas Tuchel. Yeah, yeah, he does actually, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do actually uh, kind of succeed them if if we if we end up coming against them. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm buzzing for the draw. I think it's going to be really exciting. And we will have more coverage um, in terms of the Champions League draw pre and post after everything is done. But yeah, I can't wait. And Arsenal will be in pot two for that draw. So again, that's another good omen. So as long as you don't have a... Two, two, like competitive group, I think will be all right. But look, yeah. back in the Champions League, the only London representative competing is happy days. Um, moving on, uh, Charlie, uh, good news on the injury front, very good news, actually. Yeah. A surprise, uh, Gabriel Jesus is back in training and not light training, actually, full training. Mm-hmm. I saw the pictures on uh, Getty last night and he was fully at it, he was fully at it going into challenges. 
And this is a big, big boost. Like, not in terms of Fulham tomorrow, which we'll touch on uh, briefly, but it's a big boost because we've got Manchester United next next Sunday, I think it is. Next Sunday. Yeah, I think it is. And before the international break um, commences, it would be great to have Gabriel Jesus not only starting, but potentially be on the bench for that game against Manchester United. Yeah, I think... Uh, it is fantastic that he's or, that he's already back into first team training. I, I can't remember exactly how long it was that he was meant to be out, but it, for for me, it seems like it's come it's come around really quick. I thought I was expecting him to be out a, f- a few weeks mm. into the Premier League, uh, uh, the twenty twenty three twenty four season, but the fact that he's already back into full training, as you just mentioned, that's fantastic for us, and. You never know, it could even kind of boost Nketiah a little bit with how, obviously, because he obviously wants to compete for that number one spot up front. Mm. He obviously does. And the fact that Gabriel Jesus is coming back to kind of full fitness, he's going to be like, oh, you know what, I need to I need to show that I can keep this spot. I need to keep going. I need to kind of improve even more. And I, I think we will see that hunger in Nketiah. We always see that hunger in him anyway. But I do think that that's going to improve anyway. But... Back onto Jesus. I mean, with uh, last season when he came back from injury, we kind of eased him into it. It did take him a little while to get on uh, from the bench onto the mm-hmm. uh, onto the starting lineup or even onto the pitch. I, th- I think it was. Uh, it might have even been against Fulham um, uh, away. I think it might have been when we won three 0 He came yeah, on in yeah, like, yeah. minutes, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that May- maybe against Fulham, but obviously with him just coming back uh, uh, yesterday, I-, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll be surprised if we if we do actually see a cameo from him. But as you said, he might be on the bench against uh, Man U. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing him, but I don't think that he'll be starting. I know how cautious Arteta and Edu, etc., mm-hmm. the whole team. I know how uh, kind of cautious they are in terms of bringing pl- uh, players back from. Uh, from injuries and yeah I, I think it, it will take it it will take a little bit of time for him to get into that starting lineup but I'm really happy that he's getting back with the fact that we are keep we are going further and further into this uh into this uh season now because we need the help we need the help from him we're as you mentioned going to be coming up against Man U we're going to be coming up against Spurs City in the uh, hmm. pretty soon into the season really and we're going to need all the help we can get with that. So, yeah, it's fantastic that he's back. And hopefully it can help push uh, Nketiah. Hopefully he can get back fitter than what we what we were expecting, as I mentioned just a minute ago. I, I think it's just fantastic news for us all round, really. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a big, big boost to get uh, Jesus back in the fold. Um, I think Nketiah has done very good. In the opening two games, I think he's worked his socks off. Uh, very good performance against Nottingham Forest. Well-deserved goal. Um, should have scored probably two against mm-hmm. Palace, um, if we're being completely honest. But overall, it, it was a good performance. But I think Gabriel Jesus, he offers something different to Arsenal's attack. I think he makes everyone around him much, much better. Yeah. And I can't wait to see him back in the fall because a lot has been said about Kai Havertz. Early on in the season, um, a lot of Arsenal fans are still torn. A lot of Arsenal fans, let's be honest, I have not been impressed in terms of his attacking impact going forward. I think defensively, he's been very good. I think he's he's won his duels. He does the defensive work very well. But I think going forward, when you put Jesus back in the Arsenal starting eleven, and say, for example, Havertz is playing, Sinchenko is playing, 
trust me, Havertz will get goals. Havertz will get goals because in preseason you saw when Jesus was starting as Arsenal's yeah. number nine and Havertz was playing uh, in the left-sided midfield position, he was getting into so many good positions. And he scored a couple of goals as well in preseason, um, if I can remember correctly. So, yeah. look, I think Jesus, he makes everyone better. He makes everyone better. Like, he's a nuisance. But at times, you could be a bit frustrated that he doesn't score enough goals. But I think the work that he does off the ball, the work that he does with the ball, the way he links up with the likes of Martinelli, Saka, Martin Odegaard, he's just a brilliant footballer to watch. And I just can't wait to see him back in the fold along with Zinchenko. And then we can see how Havertz really can fare from an attacking point of view. But yeah, it's a massive boost to getting back early, especially what you just touched on. Manchester United on the horizon and then Spurs uh, and Manchester City. We play Man City in October. That's why yeah, I remember. Is, yeah. So yeah, so games coming thick and fast for Arsenal, some big games and also the Champions League, which which I've forgotten because <laughs> <laughs> I've just spoken about it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, but yeah, buzzing to see uh, Jesus back. Um, briefly, Fulham, confident tomorrow? Yeah, with how well we've been playing so far, really, uh, in the in these first two games, I am confident how well we've played against them previously. I know that we struggled a tiny bit um, when we played at home last season, but we still came out with the win. Uh, Gabriel literally at the in the dying moments of the game. But with how well we defended against Palace, mm. I can't see. I I will find. I think it will be difficult for them to to no, actually get past us, Adam. No Mitrovic either for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he, we know how much of a nuisance he is. So I think I think uh, Marco Silva with his uh, press conference, you'll see it on the on the channel now. But he he said he was speaking briefly about needing a striker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that they're still in need of someone that can score those goals, essentially that can that can be that deadly striker. I know they got Jimenez now, um, mm. but. He's kind of died out a little bit over the last few seasons. Touchwood, Touchwood. I don't want to see him uh, do really well against Arsenal now. But yeah, I think I am confident. I'm sure that we'll that our defense is going to be fantastic. I'm sure that we'll see. Uh, I, hopefully, we can see Havertz doing something with with you just mentioning the fact that Arsenal fans are torn a little bit. He, we feel like he should be scoring a bit more. I do feel like he should be scoring a little bit more, but I think he's doing okay at the moment. I'm not. I'm not unhappy Probably, about the transfer. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see something more of him in against Fulham. I mean, he's 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 won the most duels in each of the in each Both of the games, games. He's played against us. And that's yeah, what everyone was worried about. Exactly. The defensive exactly. side of his game. So everyone knows he's a talented player going forward. Yeah. So if he's doing the defensive side of the uh, of the game that people are talking about, or can he do the same job that Granit Xhaka done for us? Is he defensively aware, etc.? In the opening two games, he's proved that he's capable he's of doing well. it. And all he needs to do is just basically work on the attacking side of it. But that will come. Harris is a brilliant footballer. And again, when you add the likes of Jesus into the team, Zinchenko, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, there will be opportunities exactly. for Havertz to show stuff. But yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting one. But like, I agree. I can't wait for tomorrow's game. 3 p.m. kickoff, nice Saturday afternoon. And <laughs> hopefully Arsenal can get um, the third win of the Premier League campaign. Uh Take a couple of your guys' questions before we wrap up. Fuad in the comments uh, says, Charlie, if you could choose either a right winger or defender, what would it be with, what, five or six days left of the transfer? Defender. I'd say defender. That's, because that's we, quick. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I've spoken to uh, one of my one of my mates who supports Arsenal about this, really. And 
I mean, he, obviously there's that kind of, con- that we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on with Pepe a little bit at the moment. We're not exactly 100% sure what's going on with that. And with him coming into the training again, it was kind of like he was saying, oh, oh yeah, maybe he can uh, compete with Saka for that right wing spot, etc. And I said, well, well, we've got Reese Nelson and yeah. Saka. And Reese Nelson has done fantastic. He every single shot. Time that he, yeah. Exactly. He's done fantastic every single time that he's kind of shown up for Arsenal. I can't. I need to mention that Bournemouth goal last season. That, that was fantastic, and I mean, yeah, I I can't I can't doubt Reese Nelson with how well he's done for us when he's come on as a sub, even when he started for us, because he mm. does he deserves to actually get a little. Uh, he he deserves to actually play a bit more, but with how well how good Zaka is, he's just not going to get in front of him, and with during Timber out now. Uh, I, I do think that there are. I, I do think that we need to. If there's one position that we need to choose on improving, I do think they should be the, the, on a defender because mm. of what I've just said. We, we've got Timber out now. I mean, Tomiyasu. He's obviously got a red card, but um, also the kind of drop off from Timber to Tomiyasu against Palace. I saw it so often. Mm. I was like, yeah. Tomiyasu is not at the standard that Timber is that we've been wanting in that left-hand side, defend in in the kind of qualities that we want as a defender. And I do think that don't get me wrong, I think that Tomiyasu is a good player, but as I just mentioned, the drop-off from Timber to Tomiyasu is too it's too big, if you know what I mean. So I think that if we are to get someone in, it should be that kind of position. But then obviously we've got Zinchenko as well, but I, I think a defender. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, if someone asked me um, before Timber's injury, um, I would have said a right winger because I think that was um, an opportunity for Arsenal to at least um, ease the headache on Saka and if he needs a breather, give something different in terms of the variation of the attack. But I think now with Julian Timber's injury, uh, I think it's an utmost of importance that Arsenal do go out in the market and get a defender. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a permanent move. I think Arsenal, um, they want to balance the books and I think they've done that well. I think once they get the money for Balogun, etc., once they get rid of the wages of Tierney, Tavares, etc., they will have balanced the books uh, quite well. But if there's an opportunity in the market where you can get a player on loan with an option to buy and he's a decent player. I think Arsenal will be looking to do that. But yeah, I agree. I think a defender is a priority for Arsenal uh, right now. Um, Adrian in the comments says, he's an interesting one. If you had the option between getting Ivan Tony for £70 million, I think that's, yeah, £70 million, not £70. Pounds. If it's £70, pounds, Adrian, I'm taking him every single day of the week. I'll pay the fee. I'll pay the fee. Um, for £70 million pounds in January or going all out for Victor Ozerman in the summer, who would you choose? Charlie, it's interesting because over the last 24 hours, there's been talks that there's going to be a whole host of clubs in for Tony in the January window. It seemed that a move, if the betting scandal didn't take place, if he wasn't found guilty of that, he would have left Brentford this summer. And the interesting thing for me from his interview was that he mentioned Arsenal and it was not necessary to mention Arsenal. The interviewer just asked Ivan Tony, who was the club you supported growing up as a kid? All you need to say is Liverpool. Yeah. I was a big Liverpool fan. But he added the thing of, I basically like Arsenal. I like the way they play. Yeah. And then it gets you like thinking, has Mikel Arteta been on the phone? Has Mikel Arteta been speaking to Tony? 
Is there things going on in the background? Because Arsenal and Brentford have a very good relationship behind the scenes. A very good relationship behind the scenes. And the fact that he's just chucked that in into the conversation, it's going to get people talking. Of yeah. course it is. It's natural. But if you had to choose... It's a, it's a good it's a good question it's a very very good question it's good it, i literally as soon as i saw it it's got me thinking i haven't been i don't know whether i'm able to make a decision because i do really like tony i've mentioned previously that he had something different to arsenal's attack but this is this like before before like this is the thing for me say for example 70 million pounds mm -hmm. in january it could be the difference between you winning the premier league title it's true. It is, it is true. And he's got the capability. He's got. He's always twenty seven years old. He mm. could play for five, six years. Yeah, he, he could play for because he's, he's really. exactly. He's a different type of striker, but he can play for a long time, like five, six years. He's, he's not even hit his peak, to be fair. Yeah, and I think he deserves a big move because I think he's a very, very good striker. He's a different sort of striker. And he, I think when you talk about Harry Kane, he's the closest thing to Harry Kane right now. He's the yeah. closest thing to Harry Kane. So, what are you taking? Who are you taking? I, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to say Tony because I do like him. He's proven himself in in the Premier League, and seventy million. Maybe it's a bit too much for him. Maybe it's maybe it's not. Yeah. Maybe that's what they're going to be asking. I, but Tony, as I just mentioned, he's proven himself. He, he's he had something different to Arsenal's attack. He's strong. He's physical. He's not slow. He's not a slow player either, and he's got a good shot on him. He's he's a born goal scorer essentially. And mm -hmm. we've mentioned, we actually mentioned last season that there's not one player that, that we, like City have the their Haaland. He true. scores most of their goals. We don't. We I think it's good that we do it. The fact that it's kind of shared around. The no, team, you've got points. You've got points. That yeah. Saka's obviously scoring fifteen. Odegaard scoring fifteen, etc., etc. However many it is, I think that's I think that's fantastic. But we don't have a one we don't have one goal scorer that we kind of work through. We don't have one kind of target man, and maybe Tony's that kind of player because he is a target man. He can be a target man. Mm. So I'm going to say Tony. Although Aussie men, we I mean both of us have mentioned him. You I know that you really like him, but the fact that if we are going to go for Aussie men, it's going to be north of a hundred. Probably more, probably more. <laughs> exactly, it, it's probably going to be around the 150 million pound mark, and I don't know whether Arsenal, yeah, are, are going to be willing to spend that amount of money because I mean, don't get me wrong, we've spent 100 million pounds on Declan Rice, but that is de that was a definite kind of position that we needed to improve on, and if we're going to get the likes of get the chance of getting Tony in January, where we are going to improve on that on that position, I'm not saying we I'm not saying we don't need Aussie men or whatever, but do we need him? Do we do we even need to look at a striker if we're going to get Tony or whatever in, in mm, January? No. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm going to go for Tony. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I think you're right. I think both are great strikers. Both are great strikers. But I like the fact that I've I've always been a big fan of uh, Tony. I think what he's done for Brentford over the last couple of years um, at Peterborough, the way he just came up uh, through the ranks. He's a very, very good striker. Very, very good striker. And he, he will offer a lot to a very good Premier League team. And I think he's got the hunger. You see from the interviews that he's been doing, and it seems that someone, this he's a player that wants to come out after his ban and show everyone what they've been missing, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, he's got that hunger. You, you, you hear him talk, that desire is there. And I look at him and I think, wow, this is a player that he wants to get back to playing football quickly yeah. he wants to get back to scoring goals he wants to prove a point 
And I think that's the, that's a sign of a real top striker when you've got that hunger, when you've got that desire. And yeah, for me, um, I'd go with Ivan Tony as well because it could be the difference between a prim- winning a Premier League title, to be fair. Um, and last comment, I think I saw it in the chat. I think it was from Damien. Damien's a big fan of my boy, Evan Ferguson. That boy is the next Alan Shearer. Again, you know I'm a big fan of Evan Ferguson. I think he's the next breakout star in terms of the striking positions. Um, but again, you talk about how much Napoli would charge our Arsenal <laughs> for Ozzyman. God knows how much Brighton would charge Arsenal for Evan Ferguson because, look, Tony Bloom, he's notorious for getting good fees for players. Caicedo, McAllister, Cucurella, Ben White, etc. And Brighton have got that ability to get good, good fees for their players. But Evan Ferguson, he's another name that should be mentioned if Arsenal are looking for a striker, not in January, but probably next summer. Yeah, he, he is a really good player. He's really young and he's got so much ahead of him. He's got so much potential and you never know. We, I mean, with the way that Arteta is, I'm sure that if he is to come to Arsenal, that he'll bring the best out of him. We know that Arteta can do that with players. We know that he can do that. We, we've seen him with Shaka, and I, I've, I've always backed him to do it with Havertz as well. But I wouldn't be surprised that we see Ferguson kind of improve if he comes to Arsenal. But once again, that as you just mentioned, it will be a hefty, hefty fee because mm-hmm. he is so young and he is a good quality player. So mm, uh, I think if you gave me the choice between Evan Ferguson and Tony because of their, maybe because of their age, because of their kind of, their, how they're kind of experiencing the Premier League, I would just go for Ivan Tony because okay. because we know we already know what he can kind of, uh, kind of give to Arsenal. We know what yeah. he can provide, and in terms of whether it's seventy million for Tony, whether it's I don't know how much they're going to charge for Ferguson, a hundred million. I'd go. That's I'd, I'd want to be talk. So long. Yeah, <laughs> I'd I'd rather go for Tony in that kind of respect. So because I agree because he's got that experience really, and as I as I mentioned earlier, he's kind of. In, he's he's in the age where he's almost at the peak of his career, really. So, yeah, hmm. yeah, maybe, maybe no, like with with Ferguson. <laughs> I agree, I agree. But yeah, I think there's um, good opportunities in the market if Arsenal do want to go in for strike. And I think I've always said it. I think that's the next phase of this project. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few months. Uh, I'm gonna get a quick prediction, Charlie, for tomorrow's game. We'll both be covering it, but. Let's see if you're right. Prediction? Oh, I'm, torn, I'm torn between 2-0 and 3-1. Uh, you have to choose one, bro. I know. I you know. choose two, innit? Because then if, if one comes... I'm going to go 3-1 three, then. I think, there'll, I think there'll be some goals. I think there'll be Interesting. Goals. No clean sheet? To be fair, I think Marcus in the comments said the same thing. 3-1. And he think it's Rams that will have a clangor. I think I, I think I saw that in the comments. <laughs> Ramsdale mistake. Marcus said maybe, that first. Maybe. Yeah, see, he said that three one. We always concede. He's right. Yeah. He's got a point. He's got I'm a point. gonna. Go, I will go three one because yeah, I, I I did say that I wouldn't be surprised. I'll be surprised if if Fulham get kind of get through our defense with how well we did against Palace. We've always but, got that gene in it. Like we concede a ridiculous score. Yeah, like we did against Forest. We we were so on top of that game and then all of a sudden it's just a goal. And it's like, it it was out of nowhere, essentially. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're 3-0 up, we kind of fall asleep a little bit and then they just get a goal in the 79th minute or something like that. So I'm going to say 3-1. 
I'm going to go the same prediction what, what Damien, our good friend, I said in the comments, 3-0. I think we will get a clean sheet. I think it's going to be a nice afternoon at the Emirates. I think both opening games so far against Palace and Forest have been a bit nervy towards mm. the end. So it's about time we see Arsenal put in a That's good performance cool. throughout the whole 90 minutes and give the fans something to scream and shout about. But yeah, we will be covering the game um, tomorrow. Uh, we will be doing a match reaction um, post-game uh, after the Fulham uh, clash. So keep your eyes peeled in terms of that. And Mikel Arteta will be uh, having his press, press conference later this afternoon. So again, get your notifications turned on so you won't miss that. Um, Charlie, thank you for jumping on this morning, mate. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for having me and thank you to everyone watching and uh, and listening. Yeah, as always, we do appreciate all the comments and interactions every morning. But if you have enjoyed the show, make sure to drop a like, comment, subscribe, and keep following us down the Arsenal way.